It is time for the A160. There's a glow. Oops, whoops, whoops. Do you, don't you just love that? You just you love it when I mess up. I, I do. I was so interested in giving you the introduction of your life. All the accolades. I was just getting ready to talk about how you, you glow. Is this your last studio. show with us? This is. Thanks for caring. That's sad. <laughs> and also happy. Yeah, it's happy because we get Mama back. Sarah will be back with us next week. Yeah, that's There's a question mark really at the end good. of that. I don't know all the answers. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone, to the 8160 here on 98.9 The Bridge. Starring Chris Hagarian. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, it's a fun, sh- special show today. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for the show today. Um, we've got a special guest joining us, and the, the real infantry of any music venue is the door guy. And <laughs> we've got one of the best door guys, one of my favorite door guys ever hanging out with us. Uh, at the, on the show today, uh, we're joined by Merle Zool, who is a longtime door guy down at Knuckleheads, and you can still see him down there every once in a while. But he has an amazing event he put together, and now they're celebrating the 13th annual Merle Jam coming up this Friday and Saturday down at Knuckleheads. Hi, Merle. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? So happy to have you here. Uh, I'm a fan of yours. John is a fan of yours. Yes. As you would really... You would have noticed if you would have seen John just jump on him and give him a hug uh, when he walked in the studio. <laughs> um, but we haven't it, it, we haven't had you in before, and it's so often this event has fallen on a weekend of massive stuff. I know it, uh, middle of the map's fallen on this weekend like five times. I think over your thirteen years. Last week, last year, you were hit by the Garth Brooks. Uh, yeah, and Kentucky Derby every year, too. Oh, that There's always Derby too. events. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> this year, we've and, connected, and yeah. you're here, uh, and I'm excited to have you in our studio to talk about Merle Jam. Again, 13th annual. Congratulations on that. Thank you. But um, the the story behind this all is so much bigger and, and greater, um, but the the real thing we're talking about is your event raises money for people who need uh, transplants. And people who are about to receive transplants or who have received transplants. And also, we're sitting here talking about it. We talked about it yesterday on Star Sessions with Sarah Morgan. And then Sarah's going to be on Thursday afternoon with Tim and John about uh, organ donation, too. Just raising awareness for organ donation. Because you yourself, you had a heart transplant back in 2007, right? Yes. And that was 13 years ago. And before you had your transplant, even you were planning Merle Jam number one. Yeah, I was in the hospital, kind of had the rest a lot restless and a lot of energy, and I got frustrated when I was kind of fighting the system, trying to make it happen. And then I finally, I don't know what clicked, but something finally clicked, and I just kind of let it go, and I started stop trying to force it, and I started focusing on something more positive, and uh, I decided that needed to do something because I saw a lot of people in the hospital with me that needed help too. And I needed help at that time also. And, uh, so it just became a seed and I was nurturing it while I was in the hospital. And then as soon as I got out, kind of hit the ground running and, uh, we had the, I had my transplant February 23rd, 2007. Uh huh. And I was in for about 30 days because there was some issues. And then I was out for a week and then back in for 12 days with a infection. 
which is not uncommon, and uh, then out. And the first event was May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. That's like mid-April. Yeah. You're walking out of the hospital, and you have your very first inaugural Merle Jam, you know, four weeks, three weeks later. Yeah, and and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and... uh, you know, the heat was a little bit much at times. I had to kind of take a few breaks. I had to build my strength back up because right. I had been sick for so long. But uh, it felt good. It was just something that needed to be done, and it was something that I could actually be proud of doing, too, because I hadn't had a lot going on for a while being sick. So it was it was kind of a twofold thing. Right. And it was also um, sort of a celebration of life because oh, I sure. had been given the second chance. So kind of, you know, then once that happened – and I was set free, so to speak. <laughs> I hit the ground running, and it didn't hurt that I had a lot of prednisone in my system either. <laughs> <laughs> so before that, that stuff does make you feel like Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before the transplant, you worked at Nux part time as a door guy. Uh huh. And then afterwards, you worked there for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you decided that you wanted to change things up a little bit, and then talk about that. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, back in the 80s, I thought about becoming a nurse, but uh, never did finish. I had taken some prerequisites, and I worked in mental health. And nursing, you know, was one option in mental health, but I kind of just chose the counselor path mm-hmm. and did that. And uh, But then when I was after, well, I was waiting for my transplant, and then afterwards I was like, well, I want to do something. I'm, I'm, I'm not done yet. I was 45 and had been given a second chance. And the best analogy I can give is it's kind of like the guy playing quarterback behind Tom Brady. You know what I mean? <laughs> I felt like that. Yeah. Who? Yeah, exactly. And I cut, you know, but if you ever put him in the game, don't you know he's going to be trying to do as much as he can because sure. he's got something to prove. That's kind of where I was, where a lot of other people in, at my age were kind of like, yeah, I've been doing this job for 20 years, you know, didn't got nothing to prove. Kind right. of just, not coasting necessarily, but just a different place in life. And I was like, no, coach, put me in. I'm ready to go, you know, kind of attitude, which is different. And it's still kind of that way to some extent. I still have that enthusiasm and drive right. that maybe is a little different. Maybe it's a testament to my younger donor, or maybe it's just the that's fact that um, that's really – me and that's just you know given my life back this is what i choose to do yeah well just to reset uh this is the 8160 here on 90.9 the bridge and uh we're kicking off the show talking to merle zool who is our guest today and we're talking all about merle jam which is a two-day event happening this friday and saturday down at knuckleheads it's a fundraiser he put together as a heart uh transplant recipient and also a person who works in this worked in this industry he worked at the door at knuckleheads um, but then, since then, since the transplant, and you've gone back to sc- you've gone to school, yeah, and graduated, and now you're a nurse. Yeah, I got my registered nursing license in 2014, and then I've been working as a nurse since then, mostly in mental health. But I recently switched over to informatics, and uh, I've also been working on my graduate degree. But I still have some really? classes to finish. Yeah, I was at Research College for a while, and I took took a little sabbatical i guess you could call it i haven't been going to any classes for about 18 months but i i just need to get my head together and finish you know i'm i'm, I'm close a few classes away from my master's so i just need to get back with the program that's I, really impressive it, it is and you feel it you i don't there has to be like poster children or like follow-ups but like you have to be one of the a, such a great story like 
you started this fundraiser event, an annual event celebrating its 13th this Friday and Saturday. Then you became a nurse, and now you're helping people with this gift you've been given. Yeah. It's it, an amazing story. It seemed, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It just kind of seems like the way the story's supposed to go at this point. So, yeah. You know. you know, I do think that it's probably not completely unusual, though, for somebody who gets a transplant. Going through big changes. Yeah, sure. just sort of viewing it as like a new start. Yeah, it's it is sort of a rebirth of sorts. You know, some some patients have uh, acute onset, you know, sudden illness, and they find out they need a transplant. Others, it's kind of a long, slow burn until you get to the point where the transplant word comes up. You know, you've been sick a long time, but you haven't. Nobody's mentioned transplant to you, and so the dynamics are different. But um, you know, everybody kind of has to face that. And, you know, and anybody that fa- needs a transplant is looking at, you know, the very real possibility of death if they don't get a transplant. And so that's something we all have in common. And we all have in common the fact that, you know, without a, uh, a donor for us, we won't get a transplant. So, And you told me that once you were on the list, 67 days. Yep. St. Luke's. Uh, one of the best programs in the country for my money, and statistically speaking, they're like top three ranked uh, by U.S. News and World Report or wow. something. But, you know, a lot, a lot of different facilities get ranked by different. But KU and St. Luke's both have great transplant programs. There's nothing to take away from KU's. At the time I had mine, they did not have an active heart transplant program, so I was at St. Luke's. But right now they have one at either facility, and they're mm-hmm. both quality programs. My fundraiser helps raise awareness for, you know, all, all of us that are in need because we try and raise the community awareness about right. the need for registered donors and also just kind of showcase the success that, hey, this works. This yeah. saves lives. Look, you know, I'm, I'm a walking poster child, like you said, Clearly, yeah. for the fact that it was the right decision. And um, so, you know, I don't get too hung up on oh, this facility is better than that one or anything, um, they're all good. If you're, in, if you're sick and you need help, either one of them will be yeah. a good option. And um, the main thing is just staying with it. And, you know, with, as a patient, you, have to, you can't give up on yourself. You know, there's a lot of that you have to fight. You have to keep fighting. And yeah. It's a tough fight, but you can win it. But sometimes, you know, there's people that don't. And... Um, the odds are stacked against you. They they look for reasons not to give you a transplant, really, because there's a shortage of organs. And so I feel really fortunate that I was given yeah. that that blessing of a second chance. Well, the, this thing we're talking about, again, it's called Moral Jam. It's one word. You can look it up on Facebook. It has a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a Facebook, I think there's two Facebook event pages, one for each day. Mm-hmm. Again, Friday and Saturday. Uh, to walk through the lineup here. On Friday night, this Friday night down at Knuckleheads, Outlaw Jim and the Whiskey Benders, Jim Lauderdale, Sarah Morgan, the Grizzly Hand, and Lizzie, uh, Lully B. Moonflower. And um, you're my judge and jury. Can we say how much it costs to go? <laughs> sure, absolutely. It's 12 bucks to go on Friday night, which is nothing. This is nothing. It's nothing. Like I'd pay that to see any one of these acts. I'm really shocked that you can go see Jim Lauderdale for that. Yeah. Just him by himself. Right. He's 31 albums. 
31. Uh, Two-time Grammy Award winner. And he just recently had a duets duets album with Buddy Miller. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, has a serious XM radio show, Buddy and Jim show on Outlaw Country. And And then Saturday night, you've got Tommy Castro and the Painkillers. Tommy's got a couple Grammys, doesn't he? No, no Grammys, but the blues equivalent, basically, BMA Awards. He's won several of those, including uh, B.B. King Entertainer of the Year Award. And he's coming off of a, a successful new live album called Killing It Live. Was he which, here two folk alliances ago? He, he's also been really supportive of the Kansas City blues scene, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Tommy, Amanda Fish, The Head Honchos, Orphan John and the Abandoned, and Donnie Miller and The Root Awakening, and Saturday Night's 20 bucks, And a lot of the money, after, you know, to take care of some things, goes to help transplant people. Yeah. And then I saw a giant check for $20,000 in your Facebook feed from a couple years ago. Yep. That was our record one year. We had, I think that was the year we had J.J. Gray and Mofro and nice. Doyle and some others there. It was our biggest year. But um, every year, like we've had two years where we didn't make money, but I still consider those a success because um, we were able to cover the expenses. You know, we didn't. It didn't cost money necessarily. But right. We didn't make a big donation, but we did. We were able to get the message out and still get the awareness awareness going. So, and that's that's why it's kind of a dual fold process. But sometimes, you know, you you think you got the right formula for your lineup and your right budget, and things don't work out. And that's just showbiz, to use oh, a cliche. Yeah. You know, look at uh, Woodstock yesterday. But, <laughs> I mean, one of the most insane lineups ever. Jay Z, Chance. Miley canceled, canceled yeah, the they, whole thing. They canceled it after a thirty million dollar investment. Thirty million dollar investment that wasn't going to cover it, and that's not going to cover it. So let's not lose more than thirty million. Uh, the, all the trolls who hate are uh, hating on festivals. Uh, I was having a conversation about those people yesterday. In people, <laughs> they have no idea. People have no idea what it takes to even do. A two-day event with ten bands. What the logistics that go into it? Um, so, yeah, I'm very it's, fortunate. It's, Frank and the staff at the club do a lot of the work. You know, yeah. because they're on autopilot. They do shows all the time, right. and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of still there, and, you know, helping out here and there, and I help with some social media stuff. But um, so I kind of keep my finger on the pulse, but I'm not there day in day out. Right. So it's nice that they have that machine, yeah, and working. So. Like I think this is the – go ahead. If somebody comes Friday and it's 12 bucks, and I think it's worth more than that, is there like a tip jar? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, there's. we'll be selling T-shirts. We'll be having probably like a raffle or something. And then sometimes people just give the doorman money or when they go to yeah. buy a shirt, my daughter Katie will be my merchandise girl. Nice. And uh, sometimes she has just a way of uh, – she has such a – a big smile and a beautiful heart that you know people just <laughs> want to give her money uh, you know so sometimes they'll be like here just throw it in the jar you know well, so it's yeah we they can always do that yeah yeah cool i think we've broke the record on the longest we've gone on the show without playing a song yeah well merle does that to us. yeah i'll take it though yeah um we're gonna play music from different people playing your event this weekend friday and saturday night again at knuckleheads merle jam uh the the Money raised goes to help heart plant um, transplant recipients and raise awareness for organ donation. Um, but we're going to play some of the bands playing on Friday first. We're going to hear from Jim Lauderdale, a brand new one from Sarah Morgan, which actually comes out on Friday, and The Grizzly Hand. But uh, anything you want to tell us about Jim Lauderdale before he plays music? 
Um, no, this is actually his second year there, but he's a wonderfully talented guy. He won a bluegrass uh, Grammy uh, for one of his albums. He's won two Grammys, but 31 albums out to his credit and a Lifetime Achievement Award presented by George Strait. So nice. you may not know his name, but you'll know a lot of his songs he's written over the years. So. Well, and after this track from Jim Lauderdale, here's some clickbait. We'll tell you a story about the Sarah Morgan song that'll blow your mind and has a lot to do with Garth Brooks. Here's music from Jim Lauderdale. Oh, you're taking your sweet time While you're making me wait down the line They say that love Patient and kind Oh, you're taking your sweet time I told you that I'd wait forever I didn't know it would take so
That was music from Sarah Morgan. Brand new music. It comes out on Friday. You can buy it, stream it anywhere you do that. And she is part of Merle Jam happening this Friday night as well as Saturday night down at Knuckleheads. And we're joined by Merle hanging out with us. But uh, the story behind this song is just an enormously awesome one. Um, yesterday, every Monday at noon, I host an event, uh, a live concert on the Kansas City Stars Facebook page. You can check that out later, and she tells some of the story there. And then she's going to be on with John Hart and Tim Finn on Thursday afternoon, where I'm sure she'll tell the story. But here's a spoiler. <laughs> so Sarah Morgan got hit up by some people out of Nashville. And they told her that they wanted her to come over there and to record. They rattled off the, the location and some names of where she should go. But they told her to not Google it. Don't look them up. And so she gets there. And you know she's been in recording studios. And any musicians who are listening who've been in recording studios, you know the vibe of a recording studio. This was not that vibe. This was private and really beautiful and kept really well. And all everything on the wall was Garth. And then... There was some Trisha Yearwood stuff. And then, much to her surprise, she finds out she's in Garth Brooks's personal recording studio. Garth Brooks is a Sarah Morgan fan. Wow. Has been, she's been now connected with his people, and they put out this, they recorded four songs for this record that's going to come out later, but the single, what we just heard there, Church in a Bar, comes out on Friday, the same night she's playing down at Knuckleheads. Uh, and it's with Garth Brooks's people. So she said that they knocked out four songs and they had to stop recording because Trisha, you know, his wife, Trisha Yearwood, yeah. she's probably sold like 120 a million records, uh, had to record her new record. So that's probably a spoiler alert. We're probably not supposed to say either. But uh, so Sarah Morgan got to record in Garth Brooks' studio with some of his guys, his, uh, his producers. It's just a crazy story. And they took care of it. They they put it up put her up and did all that. So the the song is another great story. Church in a bar every Wednesday night at Knuckleheads in the Gospel Lounge. Carl, what's Carl's last name? Carl Butler. Carl Butler hosts church, and it feels I guess a little bit like a concert. You can sit there and sip whatever you want to sip and hang out. And but there's church in a the bar there every Wednesday night, and Carl is a pastor. Yeah, he and his wife Sharon are. Uh, Butler are both pastors, and it's I believe they call it New Life Fellowship, and they actually have a church that on the weekend. Yeah, he told me in Gladstone. Yeah, but then they do the service there on Wednesdays along with the music, and then with special guests each week, and that's kind of how Sarah got involved with Carl. Was she was you know she wanted to play, and she played for Carl back in the Gospel Lounge. Yeah, and then they've just kind of hit it off musically over the time too. Well, she said when they tour and when people meet them and her. They say, like, oh, it's so nice you bring your grandpa on tour. And <laughs> I'm sure she said that in front of him, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he wears that. Like, I think he's proud of that, though. He is. And, um, and he plays guitar for her, and he plays it very well. And uh, he's a very nice man, and you can see that live session on the Kansas City Stars Facebook page. And, again, she'll be in here on Thursday hanging out with John Hart and Tim Finn. And then you can come down to Knuckleheads on Friday night and meet her yeah. and grab some of her merch as she's playing Merle Jam, the... 13th annual fundraiser event to raise money for transplant recipients and to raise awareness for uh, organ donation. And we're joined by the great Merle, who started this thing while he was preparing for his own transplant 13 years ago. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Yeah, yeah I'm 
I'm just happy to be here and happy to be able to be doing this. And, uh, you know, Sarah is a wonderful young lady, and I wish her much success. I think it's right. kind of cool, the whole Gar thing. But, um, you know, she she's played a few of the events before, so I yeah. didn't just jump on just because she got the Garth connection. But <laughs> Of course. But, See, he uh, saw her before Garth. Yeah, it was pre, that's pre- they, Garth. Yeah. That's why they call him the Great Merle. And then do you prefer <laughs> the Great Merle or Merle the Great? Um, hmm. I hadn't really thought of it. Either's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Either is fine. <laughs> uh, so we're hanging out and we're playing music from some of the acts that are playing Merle Jam this Friday and Saturday night. So far we've played Jim Lauderdale and Sarah Morgan, both playing Friday night. And also one of our favorites from right here in Kansas City, the Grizzly Hand, another act going to be featured on Friday night. Again, it's, what is it, $12? Yeah. $12. Um, you can buy them now online or buy them at the door. And get to see Outlaw Jim and the Whiskey Benders, Jim Lauderdale, Sarah Morgan, The Grizzly Hand, and Lily B. Moonflower. And also support an amazing cause. And help good people like Merle back when he needed help 13 years ago before he had his uh, transplant. But let's hear some music from The Grizzly Hand. This This song is called Paris of the Plains.
I got a letter just this morning. It was a postmark on my hall. It was a typed and neatly written offer to me. There's a better job, a better job, and a higher wages, expenses paid, and a car. But I'm on TV here locally. I can't quit. I'm a star. I come on the TV. I grin and wear my pistols in my hat. It's a kiddie show, and I'm the hero of the younger set. I'm the number one attraction at every supermarket parking lot. And I'm the king of Kansas City. I know thanks to Omaha, thanks a lot. A Kansas City star, and that's what I are. You're the leading daddy, you're the my core. I have a big old Cadillac and war wheels. I got rhinestones on the spokes. I got credit down at the grocery store and my barber tails and me jokes. I'm the number one attraction at every a supermarket parking lot And I'm the king of Kansas City I know thanks to Omaha, thanks a lot That was music from Outlaw Jim and the Whiskey Benders, the song Kansas City Star. He didn't write that, I don't think. I think that song's been around for... Roger Miller. A long, 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 long time. Roger Miller. Roger Miller. Yeah. And then uh, recently Casey Musgraves covered it. Yeah. She'll be in Roger town. Miller wrote all kinds of great stuff, like Can't Roller Skate and a Buffalo Herd. Can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to take his word. I'll believe it, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the 8160 here on 90.9 9 The Bridge. And uh, usually we play music all just from local bands, but today we've got some uh, special national guests we're playing music from as we're promoting, talking about, wanting you to know about, telling you everything you need to know about Merle Jam happening this Friday and Saturday night down at Knuckleheads. It's an amazing event put together by Merle Zool, who's hanging out with us. And to reset a bit, he is a heart transplant recipient from back in 2007. And this is the 13th annual Merle Fest. And he's been putting them on. He was planning this while he was planning his own transplant. <laughs> I, have to, I have to just say one thing, Chris. And you I, can say 10. Okay. Yeah. Um, I always have to correct people because there is a Merle Fest. And it just happened. Oh, did I say Merle Fest? Yeah, Merle you did. Jam. You did. Uh, it is the bane of my existence trying to keep the two separate. Yes, I know. Yeah. It happens a lot. You're not alone. But. And that's kind of where I got the name because Merle Watson. There's a there's a big festival for him in his honor that helps a school out in Carolina. Oh yeah. And uh, then of course the band Pearl Jam. And yeah, that's I why sorta, I like it. And I sort of kind of put the two together and said, "How about Merle Jam?" And Frank and I liked it, and it just stuck. So you should totally get Eddie Vedder to come. <laughs> if you got any contacts with him, Chris, go ahead and I'll shoot let, him an email. Or I'll something. let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we played some music from the Axe playing on, on Friday at the event, and then we're going to play some music from Axe playing on Saturday at the event. 
uh, Tommy Castro, Amanda Fish, the Head Honchos, Orphan John, and Donnie Miller. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Head Honchos and Tommy Castro? Yeah, Head Honchos are some buddies of mine from Valparaiso, Indiana. Um, Rocco Calipari and Rocco Calipari Jr. And Rocco Sr. has been in Howard and the White Boys, which has been around for a long time, but basically just straight-up Chicago blues band, uh, electric guitars, bass and drums, and uh, kind of gritty and, and real. And uh, he's been playing music forever. Him and his son are both guitar instructors up in the Chicago uh, suburbs up there. And then Tommy Castro is just a phenomenal performer. He's, he's uh, synonymous with blues. Yeah, pretty much anybody that's a fan of the blues is a Tommy Castro fan. He's been around... I think 14 albums now, and he's won B.B. Wow. King Entertainer of the Year Award and lots of blues music awards. Just put out a brand new live record. Yep. Got a new live one out called Killing It Live, and uh, it's really representative of what he sounds like live. He's a lot of fun uh, doing his live show, and that's what people love about him is he has so much fun playing that it translates to the audience. Okay, so we're going to play some music from Head Honchos. The song is called Going Down, and after that we'll hear from Tommy Castro. And then after that, we, uh, we like to have our, some of our guests do a seven-question segment, and we ask them all the same seven questions, and we're going to do that segment here with Merle, and I'm excited to hear his answers. But first, here's Going Down by the Head Honchos, playing Saturday Night at Knuckleheads. <laughs>
style and grace and started checking out the scene. She looked like a girl, been around the world, a cover of a magazine. No matter what you hear, let me be clear, baby, I'm a man of my word. That girl was hot, but you really are not. Believe everything that you heard. was music from Tommy Castro and the Painkillers. He's part of Merle Jam happening this Friday and Saturday night down at Knuckleheads as part of a fundraiser to raise money for uh, transplant uh, recipients and also raise awareness for organ donation. Its name comes after our guest today, Merle Zool, who's hanging out with us. Hi, Merle. Hi, Chris. Uh, this has been a fun show, and you have such an amazing story, and me and John are fans of yours and what you've put together here, and again, you've this is the 13th annual event and to raise money for an amazing cause, to raise awareness for an amazing cause, 
and you started putting it together during your own transplant, which is fascinating. And now 13 years later, you're, you're putting this out and again, and inviting people to come out and support it. Um, five bands, uh, five bands on Friday night, five bands on Saturday night. And on Saturday night, it's 20 bucks to hear Tommy Castro, which is definitely worth the price of admission on its own. And then four other bands in addition to that, including Head Honchos, which played Going Down, which the entire world has covered. Including Sam Kennison. <laughs> which I'm sure that's not radio-friendly. I mean, how many songs have been covered by Sam Kennison and Led Zeppelin? And Pearl Jam. Yeah. In the same sentence. Yeah. Crazy. Well, that was an interesting sentence. list, John. Yeah. So one thing we do on the show with musicians uh, when they come and hang out with us is we ask them these same set of seven questions. But I thought it'd be fun to ask you as a longtime person in the music industry and a person who has their own festival uh, these same questions. So we're going to jump in. Okay. Seven questions. First question. What's the first album you remember receiving as a child or buying with your own money? Um, I remember being excited about getting the money to go buy my sister had a copy of zz top fandango and i used to listen to it on the headphones when i'd go over to her house with my mom and dad she's about eight years older than me so um they had that kind of music laying around and i'm listening to it going wait a minute that's not whb am radio that sounds different you know the live side and uh it kind of set a hook really deep and i like got some money together i'm gonna go buy a cassette and i bought that cassette and I put it in, and the first thing my mom said was, you better not let your father hear that. Because <laughs> oh. the lyrics to uh, the song Thunderbird, they sing basically, get high, everybody get high. Have you heard, what's the word, it's Thunderbird, but the part about the get high, everybody. Yeah. And she's like, don't let your father hear it. <laughs> he probably would have just smashed the cassette if he had. You yes. held up a long-standing tradition of strife between parents and children yeah. over music. That's so. right. That's right. Part uh, of a proud tradition, my friend. <laughs> Question number two, what was your first concert or first local band you remember seeing? Um, my first big concert was up at Kemper, but the one before... What but, was that? Uh, ZZ Top, <laughs> DeGueo, <laughs> the, the tour right after that album. Here. Yeah, there is. Uh, and basically, they're a blues band, you know, I mean, they essentially were. But but um, actually, I lived in Osawatomie, and there was a place down there called The Outlet. And the full name was the Outlet Discotheque, you know, the full fancy spelling. And uh, they were it was a disco, but they had Shooting Star there one mm. night. And I was 17. You had to be 18 to get in. Took my chances, and I got in. Had a great time. And uh, So does this experience as an outlaw help prepare you to be the doorman later on? It did. It taught me what to look for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't believe them when they just look 21 or 17 or 18. Which is a nice segue to the next question. Did the movie Roundhouse influence your role as a door guy at all? Did but what? The movie Roundhouse with uh, Patrick Swayze. Oh, Roadhouse? Roadhouse. I'm sorry, yeah. Roadhouse. Uh, but question number three, what's your favorite film that has anything to do with music? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, Roadhouse is kind of a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I like watching it because it's so cheesy. That knife uh, in the boot. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, handy. Um, but no, that's not really like one of my favorites. Um, you know, the Blues Brothers, I, because I, I have a great sense of comedy or humor, and I like that they kind of brought up some of the old forgotten blues guys in the movie and gave them the spotlight again. And uh, it also was a lot of fun music in the movie, and it was just so irreverent and off the wall. Yeah. And it was almost like Keystone Cops meets music. You know, it was one of the few 
Saturday Night Live sketches that translated to the big screen. And yeah. I don't think the sequels were really worth doing, but the original one was a great movie, and I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. I, we just watched it again like two weeks ago, <laughs> and uh, hadn't seen it for so long, but it's still just such a funny movie, and the, comp- the music in it's so great. And, uh, question number four for you. If you could hop on a van or tour bus with any current touring band, who would it be and why? Well, I thought about that, and uh, one that would be probably the most fun in some ways would be Billy Bob Thornton and the Boxmasters, because, you know, you get Billy Bob and Merle, and it's going to be fun. I mean, we just, <laughs> we've, we've joked around a little bit, and he just seems like that kind of guy that, we, yeah. that I'd have to be like, no, Billy, let's not do that, you know, and, <laughs> and he might have to say that to me a time or two, too, you know, so we might keep each other in line. And they're but, coming through real quick. Yeah, they're yeah they are. They are, but... Um, Musically speaking, you know, I tend to like more uh, guitar, blues rock type stuff. So really like Doyle Brammel, somebody like that, I think would be interesting to go on tour with because I really like what he's doing musically and where he's been and what he does. Look forward to every album that he does. We're in the middle of our seven questions with Merle, who is the creator and reason behind Merle Jam happening this Friday and Saturday night down at Knuckleheads. A, uh, it's a concert put on to raise money for transplant uh, recipients and also to raise awareness for organ donation. And we're now on question five of the seven. What's a KC band or musician that's heavily impacted you? Uh, when I first moved to Lawrence in 93, I remember there was like, I was coming from California, which you would think there'd be a lot of good music, but the part of California I was in was devoid of any good clubs or music i was in san bernardino it was kind of the armpit of the state really and so there wasn't really anything around there that i could find so i came back to kansas and i landed in lawrence and uh instantly found like there was three bands that were really big in town it's like stick paul and tenderloin oh wow and i was like okay this will work you know and and i just instantly latched on to tenderloin as my favorite band at that time and ernie locks them you know fun to watch and he was back in kc too yeah actually i think he moved back to florida now oh did he but yeah he's been he was up here for a little while but he was always so fun to watch and uh you know just uh the energy that they put into the show and you never knew what was going to happen but it was basically it was kind of like blues meets punk yeah And at that age and at that time, I was ready for that kind of music, so it just suited me really well. And question number six for you. What song do you wish you would have written? <laughs> I, uh, when you first uh, asked me that, first thought was Freebird, but that's just because I wanted to say Freebird. You, know, <laughs> you can <laughs> say no, Freebird. You no. don't have to have wanted to write it. No, um, actually, I think um, The Ballad of John and Yoko. Yeah. Wow. Because it's such a that song is such a a good uplifting song, you know, about adversity and just yeah. the, the attitude about you know. Because the song, the music's so poppy and peppy and everything, but he's just singing about everything being against him and the way that yeah. things are going, they're going to crucify me. But it's such a poppy, peppy song. I just yeah. I just like it. I think that's it's a, a super interesting choice. Well, thank you. <laughs> and question number seven for you. Complete this sentence. Without music, I would be uh, lost. Really, um, I music for me is a form of self-directed therapy. You know, if I'm feeling good, I can enhance my good mood with music. Yeah. And when I'm really in a dark place, um, which I have been in the past, you know, it 
lot of times it helps get me through that too and um so i use music as a tool for myself and i acknowledge it as a form of therapy to me and that's why i think music exists that's the power of music is the emotions that it can manipulate and evoke in a person you hear one song and you instantly takes you to a place or a time in your life right and i still have that moment some sometimes not good moments but i hear a song and uh you know it just takes you right back to where you were and happens to me 10 times a day listening to the station yeah yeah we're getting close to circling back to church in a bar. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But we've been hanging out with Merle. He's got his uh, great event happening this weekend called Merle Jam, Friday and Saturday night at Knuckleheads. Money raised to help uh, transplant recipients and to raise awareness for organ donation. And I was going to play a song from my, one of my favorite moments of yours at Nux, but we're not going to have time for the song, but I'm going to tell the story in a few seconds. <laughs> uh, we were down there, and uh, KU had advanced to the Sweet 16 or Elite 8 kind of surprisingly. Like, maybe they weren't supposed to do that well that year. It was 2012. And uh, there was a small turnout for a show. Mike Doty, who I absolutely adore, uh, was in a band called Soul Coughing. And he was down at Nux playing, doing a book tour. And so when you're doing a book tour, you're going to read from the book. And I don't know if you remember this, but somebody was heckling him. There's like 25 people there and a heckler and the KU game's on or about to start or something. So a lot of people's attention's lost to that. But um, the guy's heckling, and he's like, stop reading from the book. And then Dodie just stops the show, and he's like, Merle? And then you just come around the corner <laughs> like you guys had plotted this out, like uh, some CIA tactic or something, and you grab the guy, like, and you show him your way out. And then I think Dodie yelled, like, give him his money back. And uh, you gave him his money back, and he went on his way, and the show went on, and it was a great, game, uh, great show. And I think Ku won that night, and uh, it just—it was just such a funny moment. And all he did was say Merle, <laughs> and you just appeared. Yeah, a lot do you of times. That? Yeah, I kind of do actually. The part about giving him his money back because yeah. the guy was like, "Give him his money," because the guy said, oh, "I paid twenty dollars." Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, at that point, he was ruining the show for Mike and yeah. and the other people that wanted to see right. him, and so. You know, I'd kind of been paying attention, and I was I was about ready to pull the plug on the guy myself. But a lot of times, you know, you have to defer to the artist because sure. it's their show. You don't want to interrupt their show, and uh, so that's why it seemed like it was, yeah, choreographed. But it that book <laughs> is a good read. It is good. It is a yeah. great book. But um, we're out of time. But we're gonna play one more song. And but before that, I love uh, we're, we're such fancy years, and I love people that do things to make Kansas City a better town. And this event makes Kansas City a better place to live. Absolutely, thank you for that, Merle. Thank you, Chris. And, I appreciate uh, that. If you can get there Friday and Saturday night down at Knuckleheads, and Sarah Morgan will be on uh, on the show four to six on Thursday with John Hart and Tim Finn talking more about it. But uh, we're going to end this show with music from Amanda Fish. She's on the lineup down there playing on Saturday can, night. Can, uh, Chris, ahead. can I just drop one little yep. quick? Pearl of wisdom on everybody. You know, um, the fact is that as a individual out there thinking about whether or not you want to be a donor or anything, you know, a lot of times it helps to talk with your family members and express your wishes so that if the time comes where you're a possible donor, they kind of have an idea already what your wishes are. But um, the fact is you're 17 times more likely to need a transplant than to be a donor. So, you know... um, a lot of us never thought we'd be on this side of the equation, but right. we are. And so, you know, it's kind of like in keeping with Earth 
uh, Earth Day the other day, you know, recycle yourself. Why not? I like it. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, and thanks, Thank everybody, for listening. And uh, thanks, John, for sitting in with us for like oh, eight yeah. to ten weeks. That yeah. was a lot of fun. And next week, Sarah's back with us. Which will be lovely to have her back in the building. Uh, it will be. It will yeah, be. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Here's music from Amanda Fish. Thank you. Oh.